I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger and ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader, and with me is my bestest buddy, the one who will always follow me around, uh, who has, for some reason, two tails that he can turn into a helicopter if he needs to. It's Nick Sharamooksness. Nick, hello. Why couldn't I have been Knuckles? Because Knuckles isn't Sonic's best friend. But I, but I wanted to be... Everybody wanted to be, be Knuckles. I, Knuckles is cool. I, yeah, I thought I thought it was cool. Hey, Nick. I thought, you, I, th- I thought you saw me different. Like, I thought we were more rivals than than friends. I'm just... Oh. Listen, we're, we're learning new things about each other. It's fine. I'm not offended. I'm ready to move on. Let's introduce our guest. I'll Are be you? fine. We Nick. Can, we'll make it through the hour. Pop quiz. See how edgy I am? Like, that's total <laughs> Knuckles. Pop quiz. What kind of animal is Knuckles? Echidna. Okay. I, for some reason, I did not expect you to know that. Insert like a whip sound or something. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll do that right after I introduce our guests. Great guest. Very excited to have them here. Jordan Roman of Agents of Damned. Jordan, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, as long as we're picking characters that we are, uh, I guess I'm going to be the actual Edgelord, Shadow. Oh, yeah. Nice. If you want to talk about Edge, it's all about Edge with Shadow. Shadow the Edgehog. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. That's fair. He was in this show, but not in any of the episodes we saw, right? Because like, I swear I saw him in the opening, or am I just making that up? No, no, no. He's, he's definitely in the show. Um, he, he's not introduced until season two, uh, which we, we, we can dip on what later seasons do after like you know everything else, if you would like. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get into to all that. We don't need to get into it just yet. But before we even get to the topic, Jordan, I want you to tell us, Agents of Damned, what's that all about? So, Agents of Damned is a actual play Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition podcast. I myself am the sometimes benevolent, often malevolent dungeon master of the show, and my three friends are the players, and they work for the organization Damned the Department of Adventurers Maintaining Normality and Eradicating Debacles in order to help prevent calamity and disaster from ever occurring in the first place. We just finished up our Season 1 with Season 2 starting off a little bit later on, and it's going to get even crazier than it did in the first half, so... Nice. Now, how often, while they're attempting to stop catastrophe, do they end up causing some level of catastrophe? Look, I don't appreciate you bringing the professionalism of my players into question here. They try their best. Uh, It's D&D. It's part and parcel. They they always cause more trouble than they fix. Look, look, Uh, I'm not not calling your players' uh, integrity into question here. I'm just saying I've played enough D&D to know no matter how good intentioned you start out as that lawful good paladin, you're going to be a murder hobo by session 10. It's just the natural progression. Let's just say within five minutes of episode two, one of my characters, uh, or one of the players, rather, decided to threaten the captain of the guard of the town they had just arrived in, and that may or may not have uh, caused a little bit of problems going forward. Excellent. That's fair. That's how how it goes. 
Jordan, thank you so much for letting us know about that. We'll do the plugs at the end for people if they want to check that out. Before we get to all that, though, you got to listen to us talking about Sonic X. That's what Jordan brought to the show this week. This early 2000s animated show is about Sonic and his friends who have been accidentally transported to our world where they battle Eggman, a.k.a. Dr. Robotnik, for the Chaos Emeralds and a way home. They find a way home in Season 2, and then Season 3 is about aliens? Well, Natural progression of things. You know, as it happens. More or less. (laughs) More or less. This is the part of the show where we talk about our personal histories with the topic. Jordan, since you brought it here, what's what's your personal history with Sonic X, and why did you decide to bring it here today? So I feel like I could have gone with any number of more arguably well-liked or well-known shows. But I am a diehard Sonic the Hedgehog fan. I have been for a good long while. Uh, And in particular, I kind of really found my love of Sonic in the Sonic Adventure series. Sort of like the midway games between classic and what we have today. And this series actually takes very heavy inspiration from that. So this was like a huge part. I was like 10, I think, when this show first started. And I watched it all the time. I love the show. Excellent. I had never seen this show. I liked Sonic growing up, like grew up with the original games way back when. Thought that Knuckles was the coolest. We're going to talk lots of Knuckles talk on this episode. I'm, I'm already predicting but I never continued on with it past a certain point. I watched the old show with like Jaleel White. I don't want to get too much into like my history of, of Sonic in general. Um, suffice it to say that there was a definite drop off. I didn't watch really any of the shows. Uh, and there's been several of them that surprised me to learn a few years ago that like Sonic's been a continuing franchise in many different aspects and uh, did, did see the new movie. That was like the newest Sonic thing that really engaged with. Uh, within the last, oh gosh, more than a decade. Uh, so for me, this was an all new experience. I'd never seen Sonic X. Let me, let me, let me put it in this way. Knuckles was the only character that was not Tails and Sonic that I knew going into this. I mean, I'd, I'd heard of Rouge the Bat in like Shadow and stuff like that, but most of the other like Amy, Cream and Cheese, who are these people? Strangers. You never, me. you never played Sonic Adventure? No, I didn't, have a dream, I didn't have a Dreamcast. What about a GameCube? Uh, Do you have a GameCube? Poor, poor child. I did have a GameCube. Was it on GameCube? Because it's on Steam now. You, I actually think I have both games on Steam. The the, the, the most recent Sonic game I played is the one that was made by not uh, Team Sonic. Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania. I yes, I, I I bought and played Sonic Mania and very much enjoyed that. That's the most recent Sonic game. There's a gap basically between Sonic Three and me playing that game in my in my history there. So most of Sonic. Most of Sonic. Yeah, I have missed it a, a lot. Nick, what about you? Um, so yeah, I mean, I won't go too into detail, but I've definitely been a fan of Sonic since an early age. Um, I mean, I remember playing the originals. I remember having these, Can we? I'm going to call them like disagreements with my brother, who was roughly around the same age as me, because like when we were playing, I think it was Sonic and Knuckles or whatever game you could play. Like, I think it was I think you could play Sonic and Knuckles at the same time in that game. Right. Or they take turns. I can't I can't remember. remember. Either way, my brother always insisted on playing Knuckles, which probably fit his personality more than me. He was definitely edgy, Um, but also like I never had a choice. Like I've been sort of forced into the role of like the Sonic-esque 
or apparently tails in your opinion, which is just rude. You're the, you're um, the player to the Luigi, you know, it's the, the, that's the way that all younger siblings are. I did have a conversation with my, my fiance the other day because she was wearing overalls and apparently one of her parents called her Luigi. And then we were discussing, well, if we, if we both had to choose like who we were, who's Mario and who's Luigi, it turns out that I am apparently much more Luigi, not relevant to what we're talking about. You do spend a lot of time um, in haunted buildings. I, I do. <laughs> I'm scared all the time. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, so anyway, yeah, love Sonic. I've played a bunch of games. I can't say I've finished. I think pretty sure I finished both Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. Really haven't touched base with the series. It's, it's that series that like, like the, the general perception is that Sonic, at least as a video game franchise, has kind of been like meh for the most part for like the last 20 years or whatever since Sonic Adventure 2, I guess. Um, so it's like I'm always keeping an eye out. But the second someone's like, this game is crap. I'm like, all right, I have other things to do. Which may or may not be true, but that's just sort of like how I would approach the series. And then as far as non-video game related Sonic stuff, I followed the comics for a while, the Archie comics way back in the day. Um, uh, I came into it late, I think after issue 50, and then I think I bounced around up through issue 100, and then eventually I trailed off. But like I really liked that series focus on sort of like the freedom fighter aspect in the world that they had created, which I guess like a little bit of an element of that was in here though not a lot of the same characters blah 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 all this to say is that i've never seen sonic x i think i heard about it in passing but at that point i kind of had more or less moved on from the franchise at the sweet age of uh 15 yeah we, we were in our teens when sonic x was was in the zeitgeist yeah so there you go well, excellent. That's where we started with this topic. But Nick, can you tell us a bit more about the world's history with Sonic sure, I, X? I love hearing my voice. Um, <laughs> let us return to 1990. Sega was a video game company looking to compete with Nintendo, which who was, which was, what do you, how do you refer to a corporation? Doesn't matter. They were dominating the market. Sega of America's Michael Katz pushed a Genesis does what Nintendo don't marketing campaign that did little to slow nintendo down and he was subsequently replaced by tom kalinx uh sega enterprises president hayo nakayama believed sega needed a mascot to compete an internal contest was held to determine a flagship game with specific focus on the american audience uh, i wasn't able to find any information on what the other potential proposals were but ultimately they don't matter right uh Sonic the Hedgehog started as a tech demo by creator Yuji Naka. Uh, artist Naoto Oshima was brought in to flesh out the characters and Sonic transitioned from a rabbit to a hedgehog. Uh, partly the fact that they looked at animals that could roll into balls, hedgehog being one. Uh, fun fact, Sonic's shoes were inspired by Michael Jackson's boots and the red and white colors were inspired by Santa Claus and the cover of Jackson's 1987 album, Bad. His personality was, I kid you not, based on Bill Clinton's can do attitude some of those inspirations have not aged well ultimately sonic the hedgehog was released in 1991 and came packaged with new genesis consoles and proved so popular that sega gained 65 percent of the market share against nintendo sonic would and they eventually lost it let's just i didn't put that in there but let's just be clear eventually sega gave up uh sonic would go on to headline many more video games comic books cartoons and other media which leads us to the release of sonic x in 2003 sonic is still popular today with a recently released live action u.s produced film that initially instilled nightmares in everyone but most of us have recovered 
And as of this recording, they have started production on season or on, not season two on uh, the second movie. They, I don't, I, I haven't seen the first one yet though. I heard it actually ended up being better than people thought, but I really hope in Sonic the Hedgehog 2 they introduce like Mecha Sonic, but like with teeth. <laughs> Sonic the Toothhog needs to not be a thing anymore. They, I'm glad the production studio got bullied into making him look good. It was actually a good film. I, I actually did enjoy it. I thought it was fun. Um, and I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad that when I saw Ben Schwartz posted, you know, we go into production today and it was like the logo the two had like the son the uh, tails tails on it. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what we want. Right. Was he in the first one at all? Like even just in like a brief moment or appeared at the very end. Uh, spoiler oh. for the post credit scene. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. There. The Sonic cinematic universe they're creating. One thing. Don't tease me. <laughs> I mean, where where would they possibly go? Who else? A, a shadow movie. We're gonna get it. Let's get a shadow movie going. Don't tease me. <laughs> <laughs> Since we talked about the history, I want to mention real quick, and I'll I'll link this um, on on Twitter, and maybe I'll throw it in the show notes as well. One of my favorite things on the internet, uh, Brian David Gilbert did was called Unraveled. It was a series of videos he did for Polygon, where he would do a deep dive, usually into the lore of a game or some like really weird aspect of video games. And one he did was about Sonic because. The, the there was somebody i can't remember i don't have all the details i'm just gonna like paraphrase somebody in america wrote their own uh like at sega wrote their own like storyline of sonic's backstory and it's about how he was like a hedgehog that lived in an actual little hedge and lived in kansas and uh learned how to speak english somehow and eggman duolingo yeah probably Eggman slash Robotnik worked at like the Kansas State University, which Sonic ended up going to. And it just, it goes crazier and crazier. And uh, the ending of that video is one of my favorite things ever. If you just want to deep dive into some real weird, very specific Sonic the Hedgehog lore, it's a, it's a great video. Nothing to do with Sonic X <laughs> at all, except for when Sonic uh, be, does become a literal god when he absorbs the powers of the chaos emeralds i don't quite get what's going on there all i know is i hate it and smash oh yeah um so jordan tell us so you love the show you're a big sonic fan um what elements of given the episodes that you had us watch what what was it about this show that drew you in other than sort of the sonic appeal well so, so one thing that I remember specifically was the, the first season was the only one I think I could qualify as wholly original, which, I mean, even then it's pretty bare bones, but just getting to see uh, just, you know, Sonic face off against Eggman and his robot of the week type mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. One thing that I was quite surprised to find after revisiting this was the animation quality actually stood the test of time surprisingly well. I was yeah. expecting it to look pretty bad, but it, it was actually pretty solid throughout. Yeah, I would agree. Oh, I, I was I was very surprised by that because I thought it was going to look like a 2003 anime, but they like put in some real money into the animation. It, it looked surprisingly good. Like even there's animes I watch today. It doesn't look as good as like this looks. It's just sad. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Like the action sequence, but even like in between the action action sequences, like it doesn't feel like they just sort of have still images kind of like carting along the screen, you know, and then like they might do a quick like head turn just to make you realize like, oh, yeah, they're actually existing in 3D space. This one actually like, you know, even quieter moments, I think, were fairly well detailed. I, I have to ask, though, I can't go much longer without asking about this jordan because we didn't see it anymore in in the first season but how much more does the speed team from the police force show up freaking speed team. because i am i am obsessed i am obsessed with i will explain the idea briefly it is this this so sonic gets transported to our world in what is like a new york like it's a big city it's basically a metropolis. It's just like big city stand in whatever. And this police force has an entire team that is just like they're driving formula one race cars around the city going after speed crime, I guess. I'm it, starting to think it's more like mega city one and from judge dread, like, cause it seemed like it was just the stand in for all cities. Like it's yes. not like they really explored the rest of it, but the president was always like super focused on the, that area. Given the anthropomorphic, animals and robots and stuff showing up there i can understand it but still far into you know the highway patrol that uses literal formula one race cars can we also talk about like the escalation of the police actions because it started off with like four goober cops attempting to catch sonic one of them gets him in a net and immediately the person in charge of that little mini squad calls for a complete shutdown of the city and evacuation of the highways because a rodent got loose. Yes. Well, and, and one guy's like, oh, it looks like a hedgehog. Like, let me try talking to him. We're going to ignore the fact that he is the size of a of a child, of a 10-year-old, completely blue and wearing sneakers. And it's just like, oh, look at this lost little animal. But you're right. It, it then goes like, oh, we've got a mass murderer on the loose. We got to stop this guy. And cuts to police headquarters, which is like, Every mech anime, like, base of operations you've ever seen, there's, like, screens everywhere and people at computer terminals. And there's, like, the guy standing in the corner, like, you regular cops can't handle this. We're the speed force. How much how much taxpayer dollars is being spent on because like they how, when did they need the speed force before the speed force? Sorry, Flash. The speed team before now. The meetings. The meetings that had to go into this. Somebody had to approve it and the budget that went into the, like they're like <laughs> I think this is this is a world where they actually defunded the police, but then like it got sidetracked in some way and somebody convinced them to spend it all on Formula One racing cars. It's like we can't actually like in, in the real world, we can't repur we can't afford to repurpose tanks anymore, but NASCAR or whoever Formula One racing is selling off a bunch of their Formula One cars for cheap. Let's pick those up instead. Never mind the literal tank repurposing they do at the end of the first season. But no, uh, to, to answer your question oh, yeah, on that, yes, they do actually make a return, not in the way you would think. Uh, so so uh, cool, cool Boy McRedhead, the, the leader of the... Uh, Real name, speed, look it up. Uh, <laughs> it is not. Um, but... Uh, my minor side note real quick. I actually decided to do something different this time around, and I watched it in Japanese. Ooh. They're just called the they're just called the S team in that one, and his voice is way deeper than you would think. Hmm. But he's actually the main uh useless human side character, Chris's uncle. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, because they both have red hair. 
Oh, obviously, obviously all obviously. redheads are related. Yeah, obviously. It's a whole. But thing. then he just shows up later before Sonic is like well known, and Sonic just keeps messing with him by like popping in and out of eye shot of him and just making him look like he's a manic, insane person. Before later, he's just known, and they work together, quote unquote. After season one, he's largely never seen again. I, I it's, that's the vibe I got. Yeah, it it seemed like it was going to be pretty quickly like pushed off to the side once Eggman was actually like in there. But he has this dramatic moment where he's like, look, standing on the edge of the highway, looking out, and uh, and it, it's like it seems like oh, this is the anime rivalry. And if the rest of the show was just this guy making progressively crazier speed machines to catch Sonic. <laughs> I would probably still be watching episodes right now. I'd be like, we can't do the podcast. I have to watch whatever zany thing this New guy's put together. Wiley Coyote. Yeah, I'm pretty sure his name was Uncle Sam, too. So, like, just watching oh, Uncle Sam gosh. and his crazy speed machines try and chase Sonic the Hedgehog on abandoned highways that allow you to go at 400 kilometers an hour. He, he mentions they have stopped one crime. In fact, I'm glad you showed up. This place is way too peaceful. Over the last 12 months, I've only made one arrest. <laughs> this whole police force has stopped one crime. <laughs> and it took two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love that. I mean, on one hand, like, I realize that there's probably some changes made when they localize it to the U.S., but also, like, clearly this was Japan's, like, sort of, in, like, putting in their views, like, of, of U.S. society and pop culture and stuff. Like, yeah, the U.S. would totally have... Formula One racing cop cars and this whole like I mean it, I, I'm actually surprised we don't to be honest I feel like Sonic is very like prescient um, but uh, yeah actually the, the localization was one thing that this show got some dings for and I can kind of understand why the voice acting in the first episode is mediocre kind of at best uh, but there was a line that made me bust out laughing i had to write it down it's when the cops are trying to stop him with their barricade and they're like he can't go through us he can't go around us he can't go under us so of course he goes over them and they call back to headquarters uh delta one to base i'm afraid that roadblock didn't work no don't tell me it got through okay like i won't tell you that he got through <laughs> but he did there, there was also the best, the great line of uh, kids, or uh, Sonic says it, I think, after he escapes from the Formula One guy, and he's like, "Kids don't use Formula One race cars to chase hedgehogs." It's like PSA. Yeah, that was that was pretty fun. It was also a specific localized line because it was not the same in Japanese. I forget what it was, but I remembered what it was in English, and it was nowhere near as funny. That's funny. Also, it was clear that when Chris met Sonic, there was a real vibe. Chris is a really... Int- I, I know we're going to dig into Chris over the course of the episode. Excuse I me. wish we wouldn't. <laughs> but I think we have to because uh, it's it's so... He's so... like first, first off, like in the first episode, when he discovers him, I feel like he wants to make Sonic his pet. Like he obviously... He didn't expect a talking hedgehog to land in his pool. Um and then he meets him and, and it's kind of weird. But like over the course of the episodes you gave us to watch, I really felt like Chris was becoming a put in increasingly more unrealistic danger, primarily encouraged by his own uncle, uh, sorry, grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I think started like a really like obsessive, possibly romantic, like um, like need to be in Sonic's life. We'll get to the end of the season in a second. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, let's. I mean, let's just establish here. Everybody around Sonic wants 
Sonic in in a romantic way. Like everybody wants to be with Sonic. Yes. Yeah. Which is yeah. weird because it's only like a- Amy, the pink one, is the only one who's supposed to be like his love interest. But yeah, they do get oddly like pseudo romantic with a lot of the like. It's more implied, but God, is it heavily implied? <laughs> yeah, mm. uh, Chris forms some very unhealthy attachments to Sonic, to say the least. Right, like the the se- like the season one finale had this jumping ahead a little bit. Like, there's this moment where like it looks like they're 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 they've accessed the chaos control again to like return to their world, and there's like a moment where Sonic and Chris are in like a pocket space or whatever having like an emotional or like chris is having an emotional moment and sonic's just like k yeah sonic's <laughs> like fine. that's that's nice see it see you dude i'm out of here i gotta go kid i've only <laughs> known you for like a few months <laughs> <laughs> thanks for letting me crash at your place though <laughs> his very very loaded parents and i i did love too because we we watched the first episode of season three which you had us watch just to see like kind of how weird it gets after they just get through the plot of like we can only have him you know be trying to escape Eggman so much so I guess we'll throw in aliens and there's they they introduce Chris who is now like an adult like 10 years have passed the guy's like a full-grown adult and goes through this portal to get back to his friends and comes on the other side a little kid again (laughs) I would be so pissed because that kid is pre-puberty and it's that's not where I'd want to go if I'd had to go back to a younger version of myself worse yeah there, there is a point later on in season three where they have to fight these robot alien people and chris reveals that in the time he's been inventing multi-dimensional time space travel whatever no big deal I, yeah you know just that minor point he has also learned karate <laughs> and so he goes to the robot and punches it and his little prepubescent Small boy body can't handle the damage, so he's relegated to Tails' assistant who still fawns over Sonic. Basically, he's a second less helpful Tails. Oh, oh that God. is such a good way of describing... He is a second less helpful Tails. But only in season three! In seasons one and two, he's just useless. Yeah. Which is weird, because in, in the season one finale, he... So he gets kid kidnapped after him and uh or knuckles and him uh mistakenly decide to give the, the chaos emeralds to robotnik also i realize the show calls him eggman the whole time but i'm, I'm calling no, him they, robot they call him dr robotnik a few times potato oh, potato yeah oh, okay he's robotic to me all right and so they're in like the cockpit of was that the exterminator oh, i think the yes <laughs> right so, name. yeah so they so so he makes a mech uh, Dr. Robotnik makes a mech out of this like ship he's built and he calls it the Exterminator and I clapped. It was the greatest thing. I'm like, God bless you, Dr. Robotnik. Perfect name. Thank you. Well, he needs to hire better engineers because um, he, um, Chris is, is is they're in the cockpit and Chris is like clamped to the wall behind them. Like he has these restraints on him that are attached to like this green wall, which I just assumed was metal. I, I, I actually wasn't quite clear. So maybe someone can clear it up. But at some point in the course of the episode, Chris breaks free. Like he's in like he clearly has iron like restraint bars or something holding him to the wall but somehow breaks them off the wall from sheer force of will. That's how badly this kid wants to get with Sonic. <laughs> and then he grabs the chaos emeralds which like like are supposed to kill him. They're all surprised that he's al- alive. But he's like my love for Sonic will prevail. 
<laughs> falls to his presumed death before Sonic saves him. Also, no, no, unfortunately, Rouge, Rouge, uh, Rouge. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Rouge, who now every time we mention Rouge, A, I hope you have alcohol on him because we all need to take a shot. And B, we need to play the like the sultry saxophone yeah, sounds I'll, every time her name is mentioned. I'll Please, find out. I don't like I don't like to face those demons, can we not? <laughs> I, why, every time. Why every does time. the Sonic franchise want me to be a, attracted to a bat? <laughs> Look, Every man, time. The, the furry community came from somewhere. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the furry community, but oh. let's not lie to ourselves. It started with Sonic. <laughs> we don't we don't judge. We don't judge. Well, they're, I'm just they're, saying. They're the progenitors that started with Lola Bunny, and then Rouge the Bat came in and just ruined everything. Every ruined time. is an interesting choice of words. I, I, did, I mean, I yes. Didn't mean, I didn't mean ruined. Oh, no. Don't <laughs> furries. Write, write me at Powblam Shazam on Twitter. But the show also had a really strong progressive, like, LGBTQ IA plus relationship in between Rouge and Topaz, primarily understated, but there was clearly attraction. But at least from Topaz to Rouge, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna die on that hill. Like she buys Rouge a gift at some point that feels like a really meaningful, expensive gift to just be like your government handler. Rouge, give, yeah, Rouge compliments her or gives her something, and like Topaz like is blushing. <laughs> I think Topaz gives it to Rouge, or does Topaz give it to well? Either way, Topaz to- is still blushing, not even like a little bit, but wildly. Yeah, it's like very much like, oh, I'm, I'm very much into this anthropomorphic bat. <laughs> oh, God, it's amazing. To be fair, ignoring the fact that it's a kid's show, they did give that bat some cleavage. They, why, though? That's what, and this has always been like with Rouge. Why is Rouge made that that way? Did Rouge first show up in Sonic the Hedgehog? Because I feel like she no, she was in Sonic Adventure. Was I she think the first? She was in the first okay. or the second one? I think it was, it was Sonic. One. It was Sonic Adventure Two. Where two, she was okay. Because she was introduced alongside Shadow, also as a government agent. Ironically, oh, that's right. Because it was uh, in Sonic Adventure. So in Sonic Adventure One, the like Sonic. I don't. Do you, I don't think. Do you play a Shadow in Sonic Adventure One? No, because he was introduced in Two. <laughs> oh that's right i'm sorry yeah, okay so on, sonic Adventure one like you know sonic does the fast levels knuckles is like a item treasure finding tails is like a mech shooting and then in sonic adventure 2 they had good guys and bad guys that basically were mirrors of each other and rouge was the mirror of knuckles gotcha knuckles in this show we talk about how useless chris is but knuckles whenever he shows up in this show is always just standing like 30 to 100 feet away from anything that's going on and just commenting on it and watching with his arms crossed. That is all I saw him. He, he had like fought alongside Sonic once, but it's mostly just like, they're going to attack Eggman. <laughs> Does some other stuff that wasn't in any episodes that we watched for this, but most of the time it's being tricked by Eggman who he knows is evil. Oh, there, there was something in the... Then the third season, when um, the episode we watched where Tails, Eggman was like, oh, let's work together, Tails, like as we're flying our jets. And they're they're flying along and immediately like Tails starts shooting at him. And Eggman is like, he he double crossed us before we could double cross him. It's like, yeah, because he has been paying attention for the last, I don't know, 50 years. Yeah. However long you guys have known each other. Unlike Knuckles, who was like, how could you betray me again? (laughs) Well, to be, to be fair to Knuckles, one of his betrayals is mirrored in the first Sonic Adventure game, which we've, we've mentioned enough times. I think we should probably also point out the reason I didn't 
like mention any season two episodes is because they're literally just Sonic Adventure one and Sonic Adventure two, but in anime form. It's just that's, those games made to the show. That's kind of cool, though. I did. I, I, mean, know, I, I, liked, I, I liked it. I mean, Sonic Adventure two is my favorite game of the Sonic franchise. So trust me, love that. <laughs> I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't. No, I never played them. Oh, Robotnik. They're on my Steam, David, if you want to give them a shot. I highly recommend them. There's even just like a quick fun. give Go for it. Anyway, this isn't the Sonic Adventure episode. Uh, the Robotnik, I think, was actually written fairly well, like as a cartoonish villain in this show. Maybe sometimes intentionally, maybe unintentionally. Like there's a moment where um, the the president, I think, is if I remember correctly, the president is making a, is at a press conference giving a speech. And a, a reporter asks, like, have you come up with a plan to stop Dr. Robotnik? Probably said Dr. Eggman. And the president is like, yes, we... And then the TV goes off and Robotnik apparently doesn't give two shits about <laughs> why, like hearing what the president is about to send to him, like to try and stop him. Like he's just that overconfident. I mean... Overconfident. Can, can we talk about how the president decided to give a press conference on an attack made on Eggman? Mid-attack? Yeah, as it's, <laughs> as lost. it's going on. He's like, right now, our forces are taking him down, and I'm sure they're doing a great job. Proceeds to televise the entire attack, hoping it works. Yeah, yes. <laughs> this is going to go really great for us, I can only assume. Was, so, so, uh... so part of the reason I actually wanted that episode in particular, I know that was like a, a two-parter, where, and I only said like the first one. The main reason was actually had nothing to do with that attack or the president or anything like that. I honestly forgot a lot of stuff in it. I just wanted to talk about that stupid duck robot. The duck robot? Oh. Is that Lucky? No, 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 no. no, no. The one that in, he in goes... the mid-season one, oh, there, oh, that oh, duck turbine one yeah. that seemed like its power was to create strong winds, but actually was to break physics in ways that are convenient to the plot. <laughs> Very much so. Well, yeah. I, I mean, that's also what Lucky did, which apparently that robot's entire power was luck. But yeah, the the bird turbine was very confusing to me and like I, I don't i don't know feel free to talk more about weird bird turbine i i just I, I found that one memorable because a lot of the eggman or robotnik robots to me felt kind of generic in the show that one stood out to me and i remembered it years and years later i forgot how bad they applied physics to it where it is simultaneously producing a strong enough wind to knock down a jet robot walker thing and upend two houses and yet a small pink hedgehog with lightly tapped wooden stakes and two children lying flat on the ground are unaffected by it yeah i mean it Makes checks out to, to me. me yeah amy's I took, I took science classes once she's got hammer power so she, she's fine amy amy yeah. is so that was besides useless like the, the show so uh, we've talked about originally, but the show has a real. I, I realize this is the show that, like, probably in Japan, they'd call it like a shonen, you know, anime, or like it's really geared towards like adolescent boys or younger boys. But like, I, I've had this problem with those type of shows where like they really have a female character problem because at this point it's almost cartoonish. Like, basically, how useless someone like Amy is. Her only role is to fawn over Sonic, and it's it's epitomized in a moment I think in the season one finale where like shit's hitting the fan. 
and I, I don't really know where everyone else is. And Amy, I think, is piloting something, and she's like, "Looks like it's going to be up to me." And then you never see her for the rest of the episode. Like whatever she was about to do to save the day, like you never see her, you never find out. Presumably, she never did anything. Yeah, that was a very weird moment when she was like, "It's up to me," and then proceeds to do absolutely nothing as she's in the back of Tails's fighter jet. Uh, that was also during the the fight where Eggman makes the exterminator and goes kind of like on a rampage because the the U.S. military has now like used his technology to make tanks that they've turned into like these beetle robots, which worst uh, big bad beetleboards uh, reboot ever. But Eggman kills those people. Eggman he destroys those tanks. And it's the, you don't see like the people like jumping out with parachutes or like getting out of the last second. They're straight up murdered. No, it's the same when they attack Robotnik's base. Like that you just see like tons of explosions going off in the air. Also, I think like part of the city gets destroyed too. Yeah, there's some real collateral damage. Which is fine because Robotnik at one point more or less says, I'd rather make the human race go extinct than let Sonic get the last Chaos Emerald. Like he is that hard on for the stupid hedgehog that he would wipe out an entire planet. He's so focused in a way that I love because at the end of the first two episodes, it's revealed that Robotnik is also on our planet and has like set up base immediately, like somehow found someone else's old abandoned evil guy tower and took it over. But his... Thought is just like, cool, I'm going to take over this world now. No, like, I got to get back and, like, get home and, and take over that world. It's just like, wherever I am, I'm going to be supreme ruler. And I'm like, hey, man, you do you. I like that you're consistent. Man just needs his Eggman empire. That That's as far as that plan goes. Except for in season three, which, again, we only watched the first episode of season three. But basically, Sonic... Um, He's like fighting an alien in space, a supersonic. He gives up the emeralds for some reason. He falls to the planet <laughs> and he wakes up like a week later in Robotnik's care. And Robotnik is like basically just chilling there, drinking coffee with his robot dudes. And it's just like, like totally like whatever, man. Like I saved you. Like I didn't know if I should like leave you to drown in a small shallow puddle or, or save you, but I did. And the, his like robot companions, like everyone who's been trying to murder Sonic for two seasons and are like, like you're so ungrateful for the fact that we like you owe us, we saved you. And like, you're just running away, uh, which feels like a really different track for Robotnik by that point. Dude, those robots do not care about Robotnik at all. I ended up watching another episode. I'd accidentally mixed up some episodes, but the Robotnik is like going around trying to be like, I'm where are you, Sonic? I'm here to kill you. And his robots are just like, whatever, man, like get over it. And he also has a moment where he feels like he's going to kill Tails. And it's like, no, I can't lose two, like uh, two rivals in a week. It's like Robotnik, Robotnik, like wants to take over the world, but he also loves the game. You know, he's that, that whole cat and mouse thing. He needs he's Sonic. He's a professional antagonist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Card-carrying member. Well, well, speaking of how he changes so much in season three, it's not just that one time where he saves him. There is actually a scene later on where, like, Sonic kind of gets pushed to his limits and becomes Dark Sonic. Oh, no. Which don't say lasts for... to me. It, it, it lasts all of five seconds and never comes back, don't worry. But it, it's basically, like yeah, but it only lasts long enough for Eggman to come in and lecture him about morality. <laughs> I'm not kidding. What? Oh, my gosh. And I... Eggman is such a not villain in season three. It's why I don't know why he's there. He's like, ah, oh, Can... aliens. Ugh, I'll Con- take the week off. Contractual obligations. You know, Eggman had signed for three seasons and then he just had to keep showing up. 
And if I know anything about uh, late 90s, early 2000s cartoons, when Sonic became Dark Sonic, I assume he got a leather jacket and some sunglasses. No, that's Evil Sonic from the Archie comics. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Scourge, one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, that's great. Ridiculous. But, but, but while we're on season three, actually, there, there's a, um, a monkey-shaped elephant in the room I would like to address that I only recently realized. Go for it. So within the first episode of season three, which was the only one that I recommended we watch, because I knew it would give us all that we needed for how stupid season three is. <laughs> the, the general premise of it is Sonic has the seven Chaos Emeralds that get scattered to the far corners of the universe, at which point a robot alien comes takes the planet egg, which means if they don't recover it, their planet will die, so they need to go on a space adventure in order to recover the seven magic gems with a plucky, young, otherwise useless female companion. Has anyone heard of Dragon Ball GT? It's the same thing. I, the Chaos Emeralds, the whole time I was watching this, I was like, oh, these are just Dragon Balls. Like, you, you collect them, and then you, like, get your wish, and they, like, disperse. I mean, and heck, supersonic, like, yeah. Goku turned Super Saiyan in 1991. Sonic first went supersonic in 1992 in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Oh, it's not Sonic coincidental. Sonic is based on living in Dragon Ball's shadow. <laughs> it's so sad, but it's so true. I guess that would make Knuckles Piccolo? Probably. <laughs> I think it tracks. <laughs> there's a vision. There's no, there's a, a lacking visual element to a podcast where David sort of stared off into the distance for a while with his holding his chin. Um, that, that, would, that would make, that would make a Rouge Bulma. Don't worry. I'm going to have this whole thing figured out by the end of the episode. It's going to be, it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, let me fill in two of them for you. Shaggo is Vegeta and Tails is Krillin. My God, it really works. And Wait, a- Amy is who's, Yam- who's Yamcha? Uh, who dies a lot? Let's see. <laughs> I'm going to say Big the Cat because I wish he would die. Yeah, we never saw him again after he got presumably pulled to the other world. In because the he's in the first half of season two, and I'm glad I didn't make us watch any of that because I hate Big. <laughs> why? I must know why. It's mostly because of the game. Now, now, okay, so in, in Sonic Adventure 1, as as we had mentioned before, there, there's a few different play styles. There, there's Sonic, which is just speed course. Tails, which is outrace Sonic treasure hunting with Knuckles. Amy is escape a robot. There's a robot shoot him up thing. And then Biggs is the most quintessential part of Sonic Adventure 1 that I'm pretty sure almost everyone remembers. Fishing simulator. I'm in. No, you're not. It's awful. It's the worst part. It breaks. The fishing simulator on Dreamcast in a Sonic game. I it's mean, awful. You know, you gotta like mix it up every once in a while. Not like that. That's right. I forgot Tails was a Sonic Mirror in Adventure One. He did the mech thing in, in Sonic Adventure Two. That's right. Um, You're Eggman. Speaking of uh, Amy again, uh, in the season three opener, uh, an alien crashes on the planet. Uh, is knocked. They the Amy. I think Tails and Cream Cream and Cheese. We barely have talked about I, Cream and Cheese. I want to. I want to like just sidetrack for a cheese. moment. I do want. To, I know what moment you're going to talk about. Go, and I go, want you to talk go, about. Go, 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 but go, go, the go. naming conventions. Sonic. Okay, he runs fast. Great, get it. Uh, Tails. He's got the two tails. Okay, Knuckles. He's got the things on his knuckles. After that, like Amy. Okay, normal-ish name. But there's no like food names anywhere else in the series and then cream and cheese are just popping up out of nowhere 
And we can't forget about their mom, Vanilla, whose name is not mentioned in any of the episodes. I just know that. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? Anyway, Nick, please talk about when, when <laughs> Amy when Amy goes real housewives on this. <laughs> so the, an alien crashes on the planet, is knocked out, taken to Cream's house. Uh, when she wakes up, she says she's looking for Sonic the Hedgehog. And as far as I know, this is the first time these characters have like realized that aliens are a thing. Maybe like more or less. Uh, and Amy's first words are more or less like, listen to you, and I'm not swearing, but you can guess what word I'm about to say. If you're making a move on my baby daddy, I'm going to freaking cut you. <laughs> like, this poor creature is like, I'm like half dead and like, I'm looking for Sonic the Hedgehog. Like internally, you know, like Sonic is like, she needs Sonic because he's the hero or something like that. And Amy's like, if you touch my man, I'm going to freaking kill you. Well, I have a right to know what this is all about. Huh? Sonic's my boyfriend, and you better not be trying to move in on him. Immediately. Like, doesn't, doesn't Immediately. miss a beat. As soon as she says Sonic's name, she's like, another woman said my man's name? <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't have a glass of Chardonnay to throw at her. In all fairness, uh, the, this alien girl, we later find out is named Cosmo, is unnecessarily secretive about everything. Yeah, okay, that sounds right. Yeah. Like, what, what reason does she have to not introduce herself, mention the evil aliens that literally invade five minutes after their introduction? Like, what, what reason did she have to be so secretive? Um, None. Other than they needed to pad the episode, well, I guess. And, and she was riding in the jet with Tails, and then, like, they, the bad guy escapes with the, the world egg. And she's like, oh, can you open this thing up? And, like, you think, like, she's going to fly and go after him, maybe, like, get the egg back. Uh, but all she does is just float down to the planet where Tails is going. Tails is getting ready to turn around and like it's behind her by like two seconds. I, d I didn't know why she was like, hey, I really I got to get down there right now. She floats faster than a jet. <laughs> sure. Well, I do love when because I also watched uh, the episode that I, I had watched when I realized it was um, before I realized it was the wrong episode it was the first time. Because Tails has this plane throughout most of the, the, the show. In the first two seasons, it's just like a propeller plane. And then he pulls a lever at some point, and Chris's grandfather, like this message from Chris's grandfather starts playing and is like, oh, I knew that like you might one day need kind of an upgrade, and I'm not as good of an engineer as you, but I, you know, I thought I'd give it a shot. And his propeller plane turns into a full-on fighter jet. <laughs> it was it's the strongest form his plane takes! <laughs> And it was like kind of like kind of amazing, but also like hilarious that the, the grandfather was like, I'm not as good of an engineer as you, but uh, I've hidden an entire other plane inside of your jet and you're not going to notice it until you pull this lever. It's like, no, man, you're a pretty good engineer. <laughs> no instruction manuals either. Like just because someone knows how to fly one plane doesn't mean that they can just hop into the car, which is a, a staple of like all of Hollywood or just media in general, where like they jump into an alien cockpit. It's like... I can figure it out. It's fine. And then they fly it perfectly. Like, I would be dead turn in two them seconds. on half the time, honestly. Yeah. I mean, the accelerators. You just push the stick forward and you're fine. So, uh, also, I just had a This is more for, I guess, for you, Jordan, because you're more familiar with the overall show. But um, how... So how does time work? Because the, the the anthropomorphic characters don't really seem like they aged at all over the course of the show that much. But Chris is an adult... <laughs> With bottomless resources and apparently the know-how to create interdimensional travel. We're not going to get into that. And karate. But, uh, and karate. He has plenty of time. But, but, but they didn't age. So 
what, what is it just sort of like where time on earth moves faster than time on their world no no they they actually explain it in the second episode of season two like almost immediately it's he didn't just jump space he also jumped time because he says like oh it's been like years and years for me but then for everyone else like oh yeah it's been like a few months for us oh so he uh, so, so, so that, from the he future. went back in time well so but that would mean that like at the same time back on our planet i get well okay no do it keep going david keep, <laughs> follow keep the rabbit hole please okay, no going? i have to so so what that means is that if he has gone back in time then that then there is still a chris living on quote unquote our world where he's at but because he like de-ages is it then Chris from our world and that current timeline somehow cross. I don't know. This is hurting. This is hurting. Chris Let's talk about like, okay, so teleportation and theoretically speaking, if you have two different points across from the universe and you are able to teleport from one to the other, which presumably involves having your molecules basically blown apart and then reassembled on the other side of the universe. Are you in fact the same person who left point A How? or a completely different entity? How are we talking about this in the episode where we're talking about Sonic X and not the episode where we talked about Star Trek? <laughs> yeah, quite honestly, when I came out to do this, at no point did I think we were going to start talking theoretical physics. It wasn't relevant until now. If also, I just because I don't think we've heard enough of the sultry saxophone in the episode <laughs> so far, I'm just going to say Rouge. Okay. I, okay. I was actually going to make a joke. I was like, you know, what? Like, we're going to look at Jordan's notes and it's just going to be uh, Rouge the bat with a big heart drawn around it. It's like this. I, I, I oh, you think mean like to... what her outfit had around her breasts? No matter what she was wearing, she at one point was yeah, wearing like, outfit. A, like a stealth outfit, like a ninja outfit, and she still had pink heart. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I, I had one last thing I wanted to mention. Go for it. Go it, for was, it. it was the last part of um, uh, se- the first episode of season three where um, we were talking about like funny lines. Because I watched it in Japanese, I got an unexpected treat where it's when Cosmo is like pleading to Sonic, like, please, you master of the chaos emeralds, hero of the universe, please save us from this catastrophe. They did my favorite thing that uh, Japanese anime will do sometimes, where they will just speak English out of nowhere. And so after this whole heartfelt plea, Sonic just stares at her completely blank face, just says, What? (laughs) It's magical. I'm excited to cut that into the show. Oh my god, it's so good. Please watch that. It's just, just that part, just the last... Five minutes just for that, please, I beg of you. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Nick, do you have anything else that you wanted to bring up about Sonic X that we didn't get to talk about? The, you you had actually texted me this, so I, I'll just bring it up. The, in in the um the the duck, whatever the 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 wind turbine scene, um you 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 had pointed out that Miles or sorry, Tails. Uh, refers to his robot as like an all-purpose robot but then when they get down to like dig for the emerald it doesn't dig yeah, like it's not, it's not an all-purpose, not all-purpose robot, robot. <laughs> i also <laughs> like i also like that you are like familiar enough with tails that you just refer to him as miles casually you're like <laughs> the proper names of all these characters yeah, yeah My- miles. miles i mean does Vanilla. sonic have a proper name is it like richard I, I, I've heard Sonic. some things, but I've not seen anything in canon. Also, that just reminded me, that is the most chill farmer in the world to loan out four shovels to a child who just asked, let me dig up your cornfield. 
And we didn't even talk about Chris's friend that comes with them, who has the most annoying voice in the whole oh, show. It, you, I know you watch the Japanese, but in the English dub, the oh, I the remember Fran- her Francis, in dub. Trust me. Yeah, it's it's rough. Oh my gosh, what what is with all these children? Where are their parents? Why? Like they really established in the first episode that that Chris's parents are basically absent like complete like there he comes in the, he lives on this gigantic like bruce wayne-esque estate he, he basically is raised by the maid and the butler and his grandfather his, he i think you only really hear from the parents when he like calls when they're, they're like calling worried but like I, I you fell in the pool or whatever it was i don't know and then they're just gone like that's you never actually meet them in person also their voices are super annoying they show up eventually but they're they're side characters to a side character, so but it's it's clear that like, it, I mean, especially the, the grandfather knows that his like twelve year old grandson is working with a bunch of alien animals, taking out basically a super scientist terrorist, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, I'm gonna Take make me with you. something. Yeah. Also, there was a, sorry, there was a subplot in the in the episode, um, and I think in the the digging episode. Uh, where a teacher, uh, Chris's teacher, is following them, but we, oh, I never I find out what that was about. Okay, okay, I, I I forgot about him. That is just his school teacher, who is also a secret government agent, who is tracking him in order to learn about Sonic and the Chaos Emeralds. I forgot about that because he is worthless. Well, okay, that's one question answered. We have so many more that weren't. So if you're out there listening audience knowing these answers and i know sonic fandom you found this podcast you're all listening right now feel free to write to us hit me one more time.com slash contact you can find all the ways to reach out to us and let us know what we've gotten wrong and uh i'm terrified of the sonic fandom is all i'll add on to that As you should be <laughs> it's a terrifying Rouge. thing sorry i just want to say Rouge one more time we are out of time i'm sure there's still so much more that we could mine from this now comes the time we have to ask the question, does this stay in the Hall of Memory or is it worth visiting today? That ever eternal question, is this good? Jordan, I'm going to turn it to you. Do you think this is something that uh, people should be checking out today or no? I will say, as we said very early on, I was surprised by how good, like quality-wise, the show looked. It had like some good music cues in from what i remember both the dub and the sub also had some decent ones uh and like as far as like relevant sonic media there's more than you think but not that much if you are a sonic fan i would say it is definitely worth checking out there are some low points for sure it's not always consistent but again like as far as like sonic shows out there i i can't think of many that are quite on this show's level like especially if you like the sonic adventure games like that era i would say yes otherwise probably not (laughs) yeah that's fair the only other sonic show that i've seen anything of recent was i watched some clips from sonic boom i think it was sonic boom the 3d animated one because they they do a uh um a misery parody where somebody captures sonic ties him to a bed and, and reads him his sonic fan fiction and that is that is shocking. Oh yes, yes. That's amazing, actually. I'll find the clip. I, I've heard only good things about the Sonic Boom show, and now I must add that to my repertoire. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. Yeah, from what I saw, it was it was pretty fantastic. As far as Sonic X goes, 
of course, Sonic fans will check it out. But for everyone else, yeah, it was really fun to talk about here. But I don't think there's enough in there for me to go check out or to really recommend to a lot of people. Animation still looks great. Very impressed by that. Had a great time on this show. Won't be returning to it anytime soon. Nick, what do you think? Well, first, Rouge. Second, um, yeah, I, I'm in. I'm in the boathouse where, like, I actually really enjoyed watching it to an extent. Like, other than the fact that like 90% of the cast is annoying as hell, um, it it the animation was was actually really really good. Um, some of like the situations there were like zany and cool. And I mean, it was like I love time travel. I love interdimensional stuff, um, and. So that works for me. And also, I, I agree, like, it, it scratched, like, that Sonic Adventure itch that, like, I, I do, like, I think about Sonic Adventure every once in a blue moon, just, like, remembering how, fo- like, how fond I was when I was playing that game. Um, so there definitely were elements about the show that I enjoyed. However, like, ki- I, I would probably recommend it to kids today. Whether I stay in the room while they're watching it or not is a different story. But, like, it's... It's fun. It's definitely for a specific guys. So if you're not like a big Sonic fan and want to like, you know, capture whatever like that that feeling. Otherwise, I would say, you know, wait for like the Sonic Game of Thrones. You know, I version. think that was Sonic 2006, from my understanding. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh no, we don't talk about that. Sonic kisses a human. We don't talk about that. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. <sighs> Well, listening audience, that's our thoughts. We want to know what you think about Sonic X. As I mentioned before, hit me one more time.com slash contact. Our social media handles, hit me one more pod. Find us all those places. Share your thoughts. We love it when you do. Hey, everyone. Editing David cutting in real quick to let you know about our Discord server. It was not ready at the time that we recorded this, which is why we don't mention it, but I wanted to let you know. You can find a link to join it right in the show notes. Just click there to join us. It's It's been really great. We've had a lot of fun. We've been playing games and people have been sharing art and their creative works. We have plans for lots more fun, great stuff that's going to be happening over there. You don't want to miss it. All that's missing right now on the Discord server is you. So come join us. Jordan, thank you so much for being on the show today so much for having me it was a ton of fun revisiting this and getting to talk about it if people want to find you and see what you're up to where can they do that well like i said we got our own podcast agents of damned uh but if you want to get a little bit more direct with us we have our uh facebook at aod uh twitter on uh agents of d and you can find us also at our website at uh, agentsofdam.com check it out people nick thanks for being here man Thank you, David, for keep inviting me back. I know. Well, I mean, I, I've stopped. You just keep showing up. You poor soul. I don't know how you find uh, out the topics either. That's the really impressive part. It's true. Um, you can find me at Rouge uh, <laughs> or, or uh, sorry, at you. Instagram uh, at PowBlamShazam underscore art or on Twitter at PowBlamShazam. Rouge, 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 Rouge. I'm okay. only putting I'm only putting the saxophone in once for that one. No, 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 no. Every, every for everyone. No, please. Every. The second you hear the I realize it's going to be like an hour and a half long now because of just the sultry jazz. Well, but this was the last episode we're ever doing. People glad I could be here for the finale. If people want to find out what I'm going to do next, where Nick won't be involved, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Devluz. That is D A V L U Z, and of course the show. 
I've mentioned all that stuff already. I'm just a robot that is repeating things when I get to the outro for the show. Listening audience, thank you so much for being here today. We do this show for you. We do this show because of you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. Peace.